You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. It has now been more than 30 hours since Purdue fans learned the news that Jeff Brom would be heading back home to coach his alma mater at Louisville. And so the question now on every football fan's mind is who's next and what's next? And since I don't have that answer, I bring in experts like this guy, the president and publisher of goldenblack.com, now part of the On3 Network. He is Alan Karpik. Alan, always great to have you on the podcast. Welcome back. How are you doing? It always makes me nervous when somebody says expert, especially <laughs> when it comes to coaches search. But thanks for having me on, Adam. And, and it's always an interesting time uh, when you're going through some transition. And this is uh, what the Purdue football program is going through right now. For sure. And we'll, we'll get into a lot of that here in a minute. Uh, just quickly, obviously, this news, I think, came as no surprise to anybody who follows the program and knew that the Louisville job became open uh, over the weekend. So not shocking news for us, but still want to just kind of get your 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 reaction to that news. And then just, you know, if you want to speak briefly on the Jeff Brom tenure in general at Purdue. Well, I, I think it, you're right. It wasn't a surprise at all. And I think in a lot of ways, it may be uh, just about perfect timing. We'll see. History will tell us that. But Jeff Brom pretty much checked all the boxes in six years. He brought the fans back. He brought interesting football, fun football to watch for the most part. Um, got teams uh, to the bowl, got them nationally ranked, not for very long, but they were nationally ranked and during his tenure and certainly getting the chance to, to get to the Big Ten championship game in his last year. Uh, something that uh, even though Purdue was eight and four going into that game was a big deal for Purdue fans. So I think he, almost anybody, Mike Babinski said that in today's press conference, gave Jeff a lot of credit for what he did and brought the program back from where it was in shambles, literally. And, and we all know it at the when he was hired on December 5th, 20, 2016, to what it is now on, on December the 8th, 2022. It's by just about all accounts, a job well done, yeah. you know, and and I think too, how can you how can you um, argue with the, a guy going home? It, it, I don't think there was. This is a somewhat of an inevitable situation. It could have happened in 2018. Could have happened last year as well. Had uh, Louisville chose to move on Scott Satterfield, it didn't. Um, so it, I think in a lot of ways, once you get through the transition, uh, it's probably a inevitable and b maybe not. It's not the end of the world from a yeah. Purdue football s- standpoint. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't agree with you more. Not much to add to that. You know, like you said, can't blame him for doing that. And I'm just thankful he didn't do it in 2018. He stayed a few more years, which I think elevated the program to that next level. He's leaving it in great hands. And the only other thing I'll add, you know, just so grateful for what he has done for Purdue football. And of course, a huge part of that story is what he did with the with Tyler Trent and the Trent family and and just that national story that brought, you know, Purdue football to light as well. So, so grateful for what uh, Coach Brom had accomplished at Purdue. He's I he left it to be a desirable job, I think, as well. So uh, excited about that and to see what does happen next. Before we jump into the possible candidates, there was a press conference this afternoon where uh, uh, Mike Bobinski did take some questions and confirmed that just brother Brian uh, will be the uh, interim head coach, offense coordinator, and then uh, Mark Hagan will oversee the defense. Uh, anything else from that press conference, including that, that you took away and, and, and want to comment on? Well, I think Mark Hagan, the fact that Mark decided to, because uh, uh, we reported last night that uh, he was uh, on uh, 
uh, we had a decision to make regarding Louisville and you chose at least to stay for now. I don't know what that means necessarily about after the, after January 2nd, does he still have an opportunity at Louisville? I don't know. At least as of now, I don't know the answer to that, but I think uh, Mark Hagan, uh, that was to me was the biggest news. One of the biggest news items today. And the fact that, uh, you know, he was out recruiting still for Purdue last night, wearing a uh, wearing Purdue garb. And, and I think that's important right now uh, that uh, Purdue can hold, you know, Mark's done a great job recruiting in Indiana and, 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 and in certain places in Texas and the South, uh, the ability to maybe hold uh, hold hold things together for a little bit of time because it's such a volatile time before National Signing Day and the transfer portal. All those issues make time be of the essence, and if you can keep your class together. So I thought those were the two biggest things. Uh, the fact that uh, Mike Babinski is very good at press conferences. He, I think he's also very good at at uh, having opportunity at the, on the national landscape to get uh people to talk to him uh and uh, my guess is though i don't know this but my guess is they've been working on this for a while uh even before uh, jeff brom decided to do because certainly in the middle of this year adam uh there was still a feeling that that uh, louisville was going to potentially part ways when uh, louisville was struggling of course he turned it around under scott satterfield and had a seven and five season but I'm, I'm going to guess they were working on things uh, behind the scenes throughout this course this season, just in case they needed to. Yeah, certainly it was just a matter of time, I think. And that time was now. Uh, and you kind of touched on it there already with the recruits. But how important is that continuity, not only for this year's team, but yeah, possibly moving forward with recruits, especially with the early signing day coming up here in a couple of weeks, I believe. To, to have some continuity, what, again, we don't know if he's going to stay long term or if it's just through the bowl, but to have somebody like, especially like Mark Hagan's uh, status to be still around. Well, it, it is because, and it's not, there's nothing illegal about it, but Jeff Brown recruited a lot of these folks. Well, Jeff Brown's not working for Purdue anymore. He's in Louisville. And I, and I, I think Jeff's not going to poach guys, uh, in, you know, without reason, so to speak, just to do it. I think there might be, but there might be guys in that class, Ryan Brown being one quarterback who, and I don't even know what the status is of he is, but uh, you could assume that uh, maybe a big reason he came to Purdue was because of Jeff Brown. Well, Purdue doesn't have a head coach right now. And again, that's where it gets dicey is that, uh, you know, you have National Signing Day here in what, uh, less than two weeks. And the transfer portal is already ongoing. And not if you don't have uh, somebody in place, a clear direction, you know, if you're Mike Babinski, you want to act as quickly as you can, but you also absolutely have to make sure that you get the right hire as much as you can yeah. possibly assure that. You got to remember this, Adam. Purdue in its history has not had back-to-back -back winning coaches since when my my uh, my dad was 18 years old. That's 1936. So <laughs> that's how hard it is to do that, that here. I mean, and I think that's why this hire – uh, Jeff Brom had a winning record when he left Purdue. You hire another person that can get it to winning record. It's history making. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying it's been historically quite difficult at yeah, Purdue. For sure. I mean, I think outside of bringing uh, a winner in like Jeff Brom back in 2016, this has got to be after that and him turning the program around their most important hire, maybe <laughs> ever right outside of, of well, course. I think when you look at college when you look at any kind of you hire a football coach uh, it's it's important uh, it, I mean that's stating the obvious but 
in today's world with this transition, uh, but also with the world of NIL and transfer portal, it's markedly different than it even was in 2018. And coaches have to take that into account when they make that decision to, to, to go a place. Now, I would argue that the big, it's no longer the power five, it's the power two. And the big 10 and the SEC have the upper hand. I think one could build a case that Purdue may get more, some coaches that might be a little squeamish about their situation in, in, uh, in other leagues and other power five leagues that might have interest. I don't know, but I do think that uh, you, you, uh, you know, it, it is such an important transition and, and yes, the Big Ten is in a good st- good place financially. Purdue's certainly moving forward with big building projects, but Purdue's uh, historically it's been tough to do it back to back in West Lafayette. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, uh, before we move on to uh, possible candidates, one other thing: Are you surprised by the Brian Brom interim head coach label? Well, I, I I'm going to guess. I no one said this. Uh, I'm going to guess that it has something to do with may have something to do with Aiden O'Connell and Charlie Jones. I don't know. Um, you know, one of the other storylines, as we all know, last year and when uh, David Bell and George Karloftis and Milton Wright, of course, was academically ineligible last year, but Purdue played without three of its best players last year. Well, two of them were opt-outs. I don't know. There's not really been much said about whether Purdue will have any opt-outs. You also have academic casualties this time of year. That could be an issue just because it was last year, if you remember. Again, with Milton Wright uh, and, uh, and, and, and also in the defensive backfield of a couple guys in that situation. So it is, uh, it is an interesting deal. And I, it, it doesn't, it didn't, uh, it's, I think there's a reason that Brian's here. And also you have to remember about Brian Brom. He's 15 years younger than his brother, Jeff. He looked to get out of you know opportunities at uh, we believe at Kentucky last year, um, and I think he may want to uh, you know, fly his own path at least for the short term. Does that mean he's not going to go to Louisville after January second? I don't know, uh, but I but I do think uh, Brian's interested in in charting his own course a little bit, or at least it seems that way. And this may be one way to do it. Do you think this is a chance for him to audition for Purdue, or do you think Purdue will make a decision before January second? Oh, the Purdue will make a decision almost guaranteed before January 2nd. It just can't wait that long, yeah. in my view, right now, in today's climate. Yeah. Um, I do think that uh, uh, Brian, you know, Mike Babinski in today's press conference would not comment on any candidates. Uh, I'll comment and say that that would be highly unlikely that Brian would be a would be a head coach candidate here. Um could he be on somebody's staff? Possible. I, I suppose that's possible. It'd be strange still, be different. Uh, but I but I think it's possible. But again, most coaches, and it's the same situation with Mark Hagan, that most coaches want to come in and have pretty much free reign to be able to bring in who they want. So uh, that puts those two positions certainly in jeopardy. Sure. Well, let's talk about some candidates. I know there's an exhaustive list, so we don't need to go through them all, but maybe some of your you know, maybe top five names or whoever you can go as long as you want, Alan, but. Uh, well, and, and again, yeah, I, I think to be clear, anybody that sits there and tells you that they have a list that is that they know, I don't, you know, we, it's very hard in today's world to, um, to know whether, the, whether, which guys are, are being interviewed and where they are in the process, et cetera, because uh, search for now, Purdue, Mike Babinski said, uh, that there's that uh, he's not uh, in, he's not only using a search firm for logistics, but 
uh, it does come into play uh, in terms of uh, knowing, you know, we, we we can make some educated guesses is my point, Adam, and, I, <laughs> and we're doing that. I think, I, you know, I'm going to argue that uh, maybe some home run or higher end hires or guys that I, Dave Clawson from Wake Forest, certainly a very well-respected guy, he's 55 years old, uh, has done well, won everywhere he's been at Bowling Green, Richmond, and at Wake, he's six games over 500, but he's done a really good job there, a tough place to win. Uh, I, I like him. Uh, just because of his uh, uh, pedigree. Um, I think also, you know, you, you look at a guy like potentially another hot name, but uh, whether he would ever move from Iowa State, though he had a, had a uh, disappointing year, Matt Campbell from Iowa State, uh, those are maybe two of the bigger names that I think could be in Purdue's wheelhouse. But I think there's some other guys that I think they're really centering on. That's It's a professional guess, and it is a guess. <laughs> Certainly, uh, uh, Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, is, who has been a head coach before at Southern Mississippi, uh, certainly could be a possibility. Um, he's a 56-year-old guy. He's been a been in the NFL a little bit. And again, working for Kirby Smart right down, down the way and going to be playing in the – and whether he would leave before the national championship, certainly we've seen that happen before. Uh, that's possible. But another guy that is intriguing is Tyson Helton, Western Kentucky head coach. Just 45 years old. He's the old former quarterback at Houston, coached at Western Kentucky. That would be quite the coincidence, if not <laughs> irony, that she would hire another guy from Western Kentucky. But he worked with Jeff Brom also at, at Western. Uh, worked at USC as the passing game uh, quarterback coach at Tennessee as well. But he's been at, at Western the last four years. He's done a pretty good job there. They were eight and five this past year. He's a young guy, aggressive, offensive guy that would, you know, Purdue had some success from down there as well. So those are names that maybe on the early end that I think are intriguing. Um, you know, Joe Moorhead is a guy that uh, Purdue that was literally the, uh, I think, plan B had Jeff Brom not taken the job in 20 in 2016 on December the 5th. Uh, I think Joe Moorhead, who was an assistant at Penn State at the time, uh could have been uh i think he was the the guy that uh, was the second choice in that situation they ended up getting him joe went out to went out to oregon uh and, and has served as a coordinator of course he was at mississippi state where he was 14 and 12 in two years but it didn't work out for him there uh he's struggling at akron right now so i really don't see him uh, in the mix. So again, I, I'm not the one making the decision, but there, there's just a lot of intrigue. Yeah. Craig Creighton at Eastern Michigan's done a really good job there. Um, he has a lot of ties to Indiana. He beat Purdue, if you remember, in 2018 in the rain in West Lafayette. Uh, uh, very disappointing loss for Jeff Brom's uh, crew at the time. You know, Mark Hagan, I think could be, but I just don't think he's going to be a top uh, candidate. And certainly Jamarcus Shepard's been talked about by the players. Very well liked uh, now out at the University of Washington. Uh, a guy that you that uh, is intriguing as well. Been a lot of talk about Bill O'Brien. Of course, the Alabama offensive coordinator was the head coach at Penn State for two years. Uh, also with the Houston Texans, you know, the, the tie there is Tiffany Grimes, who's produced uh, one of Purdue's deputy athletic directors worked uh, for Nick Saban and with uh, Bill O'Brien. I don't know that Bill O'Brien's <laughs> going to take a shot at Purdue, but uh, it certainly is somebody that uh, you can ponder while you before you put your head on the pillow at night. Uh, he is an there as interesting interesting candidates. Another one that has come up is 
you know, Kevin Sumlin, who was a former Purdue assistant uh, receivers coach uh, in the early days of Joe Tiller, of course, went on to coach at Houston, Texas A&M, Arizona, did not have success at Arizona. He had some level of success before they moved him out at tech, at, uh, at A&M. Um, but uh, I think he's a long shot, though. He's an Indianapolis guy. Great guy. Love Kevin. Great guy. Uh, I just don't know. And, of course, he's coaching the USFL now. Don't know if the timing's right or that's going to be Purdue's pick. But uh, it is uh, it's an interesting pool. And you you can if if uh, FanDuel or somebody would be allow you to to bet, would you take our list against the field? I don't know. Is there somebody else out there? Very possibly. Uh, again, they're not consulting with us. Mike, I thought today in Mike in the press conference, Mike Babinski kind of made that clear. He said, "Yeah, you'll see some lists out there, and uh, uh, let them be." And that's really what ours is. We've been pretty lucky over the years. We've been able to peg guys and and have had it. Uh, had it right in the end. We had Jeff Brom a day or two before they hired. We had Daryl Hazel on the night of a of a basketball game. Uh, you know, it's it's um, but it's not easy, and there are a lot of moving parts to that. And again, there there's search searches. Mike Pavinsky's really good at this, and they've yeah. done a good job. Mike Berghoff also the board of trustees. They're good at keeping it quiet. They did a great job with Mitch Daniels. When he was hired to Purdue 10 years ago, uh, they've used that model very strategically and efficiently in their searches because confidentiality is extremely important in these deals. And I expect it not to be easy to right. figure out who it's going to be before it happens. You mentioned Mitch Daniels. So be, before we get back to I want to go back to a couple of names you said. But before we do that, you mentioned Mitch Daniels. Well, he, you know, obviously he's only got what, you know, 20 days left at Purdue. Will he have a will he be a part of this search at all? Do you know? Well, Mike Babinski talked about that today. Of course, Mung Chang will be taking over on the 1st of January. I, I Mitch had said to, at least according to Mike, that he would allow, uh, you know, allow, he would be, he, he would be happy to help in any way he can, Mitch Daniels. And that would be typical of what Mitch Daniels would say in that situation, at least uh, as he's done in the past. Uh, my guess is the hire will still be made, will be made before Mung takes yeah. over. But I think the thing that is important to remember here is that Purdue has enjoyed a fair amount of alignment with its board of trustees, which is extremely important. And of course, the uh, the athletic director, Mike Babinski, um, and, and the president's office, you know, good programs typically have those three aligned. I don't anticipate, though I don't know Meng Chang personally, uh, from what I understand, uh, I think he's going to play. He understands the importance of, of college athletics. I don't think any college president, especially in the Power Five, knows full well that uh, the, the importance of uh, college football. It's it's bigger than it should be, Adam. I, I'll be the first to say that, but it's big. And, and I think you're going to see uh, Meng Chang be, uh, be his own person, but I think he's going to be uh, behind uh, Purdue's athletic uh, exploits and the future of what they're trying to get done at the athletic department. Yeah. Going back to a couple of names you mentioned, uh, Lawson at Wake Forest. Be interesting that that was the hire if he brings Lambert back with him. And that'd be a familiar uh, name for Purdue fans. Also, you mentioned Matt Campbell. I know he was the hot name a couple of years ago when a lot of Michigan fans thought Jim Harbaugh was on his way out. I know a lot of Michigan people wanted Matt Campbell. Then I think there's, I was seeing something the other day that the buyout is very high for Matt Campbell. So I don't know if that's something that Purdue or Bobinski would be willing to pay uh, for a guy of his stature or not, but that'd be interesting. You mentioned Shepard too. Uh, we've seen a lot of current players tweeting at Jamarcus Shepard uh, the last 24 hours, your take on that. And will the players have much of a say in this hire? Do you know? 
Well, I mean, Mike Babinski, who, again, as I'll state again, very good at press conferences and is very, very capable of answering all questions, basically said, I hear them, uh, but it's my job, and this is what this is what I'm paid to do, and and I think that's exactly right. Uh, now, I like Jamarcus. He's a he's a bundle of energy. The players have loved him. I and, and I can't. And he's 39 years old. He could be be ready for a job like this. I think it would be up to those that are interviewing him to make that determination. Um, uh, you know, there's no doubt Purdue would play with enthusiasm. And again, he did a great job, uh, in my view, with with the receivers uh, that had a lot to do with Jeff Brom's offense, too. So, you know, it, it, that I, I would say he's, you know, he's a tier, I think, a tier three guy on our list right now, um, whatever that means. And uh, the, <laughs> but I, I think he's probably a long shot, but uh, one never knows. I do think it's important in today's world. You know, you look at the NFL, you look at a lot of coaches um, that are really young anymore. And because uh, I think anybody I think Jeff Brom's young because he's a lot younger than I am. But but my point is, is that these guys are in a situation where where young coaches that are players, coaches or that can really relate well become important. And that's why I don't want to minimize a guy like Jamarcus Shepard. Uh, I do think, though, that, uh, uh, you know, even the, some of these other guys we mentioned, it just depends what you're looking for. They want Mike Kaminsky is very clear and every athletic director is going to say this. I want to I want to take Purdue. Jeff Brown got us to a great spot. Now our job is to take it to the next level. So they they want somebody that they think can do that. And that's going to be the rub of, when you're trying to hire somebody. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, you know, Shepard's a coordinator, a couple other coordinators. I don't think you mentioned that I hear, at least on the Purdue Twitter sphere, is uh, Jim Leonard, former uh, now a former coordinator right. at Wisconsin, and then Garrett Riley down at TCU. Have you heard any rumblings on them and your take on either of those guys? Well, Garrett Riley, I mean, you know, my gosh, he just won the what the national coach, uh, assistant coach of the year. And, uh, and, and again, sure. <laughs> both those guys. Well, and though Jim Leonard is an interesting situation. We'd heard some, in fact, there was a Chicago radio station reported today, or at least I got a couple of texts about saying, <laughs> well, uh, reported that Jim Leonard's got the job at Purdue. Oh, could be. I, I've been surprised. He's not on our list. Uh, and that might be the best thing he's got going for him. But, uh, you know, Jim Leonard is very well respected in terms of uh, a guy that, uh, you know, is a, again, that young coach, young ish coach that's on his way up. He's a defensive guy, but you hire you hire the right offensive guys to to get the job done. You need a guy that that's going to that's going to work extremely hard in recruiting understand the grant landscape of college football in terms of the transfer portal and be able to energize fans. And I, you know, Mike Baminski was quite clear about that today. He said when asked, I think he was asked uh, directly about whether he wanted a uh, offensive guy. He said, well, sure, that's our history, but we want the best guy we can get. You know, Troy Calhoun uh, is an interesting one just because he runs the option at Air Force. He's done an extremely good job. He was in the mix last time, as we understand it. It was probably in the top three or four. Um, you know, I, I always go back and way before you were born, a guy named Jim Young at Purdue, a Hall of Fame level coach, came to Purdue, got Mark Herman out of Carmel, Indiana, who turned him into an All-American. Purdue threw the ball, not all over the place, but they threw it more than most teams in the Big Ten at that time. Jim Young goes on to Army after leaving Purdue and runs the triple option. And my point is great coaches can adapt. Mm -hmm. And Jim Young was a Hall of Fame level coach. I don't know that Troy Calhoun's in that at that point, but my point is 
don't don't dismiss guys like that just because they run the option. And who knows? Maybe they would. Maybe the option would be would be something would be crazy in the Big Ten. Don't see Purdue as a running program. It hasn't been historically. But my point is, you want the guy that can really build a program. And secondly, I think you want a guy that wants the staff that really wants to be here. And I'm not saying that Jeff Brom and company didn't. I'm just saying, no matter what, Louisville was home, and uh, they knew that uh, going in when they hired him. Uh, and, uh, that, uh, you know, that, that, you know, they, they didn't know, they didn't know when it was going to happen, but they figured it would at some point in time. And six years later it did. Yeah. Last name I'll bring up and I'm only bringing this one up because a source told me this name yesterday. Have you heard, uh, Pat Narduzzi is a name that a source told me yesterday. Have you heard that? <laughs> that was a, uh, a, in our view, a Twitter, um, a, uh, what's the almost catfishing on Twitter. That's the with Penn state uh harassing uh pit fans as we understand it because they quoted him that pat narducci was was located at brokerage which is about a half mile from my house i hate to admit it adam i have a beer or two there from time to time uh he was not there and uh, and that doesn't mean you know sure pat narducci again a defensive coach and has done a great job at pit uh, I don't see that. Uh, you're going to see a lot of that stuff. And I think that's one good thing. And I'm working with Brian Newbert and Tom Deanhart. The BS indicator is pretty good in our shop. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of names. And again, I'm not saying that we're always right. We're not. And we're not susceptible to some level. We're pretty good at checking them out, trying to check them out, make sure that they're as real as possible. Um, and, you know, like I said, Dave Clawson, I have no idea that if Purdue would even contact him or, uh, but I do know that he's a guy that makes some sense for Purdue. But uh, is it when the push comes to shove down the stretch, the challenge will be to get off the Twitter sphere, maybe get to our site, or uh, and and we'll try to we'll try to go through it. But uh, again, will they end up pulling somebody that we don't expect? You never know. Right, right on. Well, you mentioned your site. I want to give you a chance to promote that. You are now part of, we mentioned off the top, part of the On3 network. You guys got a great deal going on right now, right? Right, yeah, we do. In fact, it's almost silly if you don't, uh, even for this, to not join. I mean, you can join for a dollar for the next year. We've had an unbelievable uh, transition from from our previous uh, internet home and and uh, had we were well over 130% of where we were before we left. So we're really pleased with that. But the On3 Network is run by a guy named Shannon Terry, who is the guru of, he started, he ran up rivals to a very high level, started 24-7, ran that up to an extremely great network, which it is, before it got sold to CBS. He's, uh, this is his third performance when he bought On3. And most, if not all, most of the top publishers in our former network have made the transition on three and we're we're delighted to be with them again and there's a lot of a lot of exciting times ahead uh, for for people that are interested in Purdue sports yeah for sure go ahead and check that out goldenblack.com uh, the on three network a great deal one dollar for the next year is alan one dollar i can even question. afford that you bet <laughs> that's pretty incredible awesome hey alan as we're wrapping up anything else that i didn't ask that you want to mention no, I just think it's going to be an interesting process. And, and you know, one of the things that's really going to be a challenge and not looking too far ahead is, you know, Purdue's schedule to start the 2023. If you look at that schedule for the first seven games, a really big challenge. And you look at Fresno State, Syracuse, uh, even going to Virginia Tech. Uh, I understand that uh, I'm just saying Purdue fans will need to be patient because it, it is a transition. 
You lose a lot of guys from this year's team. That doesn't mean in the world of transfer portal that you can't build some things up. But you're going to need a unique coach to be able to, to bring it together for the Boilermakers. Not to mention, we talked about Ohio State in those first seven games. Well, Michigan's happens to be in the last five. So it, it is going to be a very difficult, challenging schedule for Purdue, as it will be for the bowl game. I, I think Purdue, that will be a big challenge for Purdue to put together, keep itself organized, Put together, you've got a, you know had a few handful of people in the transfer portal already, uh, including uh, you know some folks that uh, surprise us a little bit, and I think that that's uh, that's just the nature of the world. So you're going to have to be able to to really pull it together and get that motivation to. You know, Citrus Bowl is a big deal, and the fact that Purdue had, hasn't played it, you know, it's the it's the second biggest bowl Purdue's ever played, and if you take the Rose Bowl out, and the Boilermakers were there 19 years ago when they lost in overtime to Georgia. It's it is the biggest non uh, non New Year's Day six bowl, and uh, that to me uh, means it's a big deal. And Purdue wants to put on a good show when it plays LSU uh, at one p.m. on the second of January. Yeah, for sure, yeah. You going down to that game? And that won't be easy. I mean, that will not be easy. <laughs> will not be the easy. challenge there, Adam, is that LSU is on its way with a new coach that's trying to prove itself. Now, they're going to have some opt-outs as well, but they they want to use that as much as anything, as, as does Purdue, but they want to use that game as a springboard into the next year. They didn't finish their season exactly how they wanted. Uh, it'll be a huge challenge for Purdue uh, in that game, in my view. Yeah, for sure. Well, hopefully it'll be an entertaining game like last year's game. You bet. Tennessee, so good luck yeah. to those uh, I don't know if you can top that one, but yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no kidding. Awesome. Alan, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. All right, Adam. Thanks so much. All right. Take care and boiler up. A reminder, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at full steam pod, and you can find the full video interviews on the Fox 59 and CBS Four website. You can also listen to subscribe, like, and or comment on the podcasts on all the major podcast platforms including now on amazon podcasts as well thanks again for listening to the full steam ahead podcast until next time i'm adam bartels